Maybe Stadia. So I haven't played VR in a minute. Um, yeah, neither have I. I'm going to start the podcast, though. Okay. Oh, I didn't know. I thought we were discussing. No, you remember we do a countdown that we fuck up on purpose because it's a joke. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you remember all this? It makes me real mad. Why are you sad? Five. I said mad, angry. Oh, oh, okay. Furious. Oh, Five. Yeah. Four. Three. You don't say the two and the one. Hi, everyone. This is Jesse Backstrom. Welcome to another episode of Wizard Opinions. I'm here with Kyle Mathis. Hello. And uh, we're going to talk about... Video games. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, virtual reality and then some of our uh, terrible streaming future that's coming to video games uh, in the form of Google Stadia. But first of all, <laughs> Kyle, how are you feeling today? I'm good, man. Well, you know, I'm a little groggy. I accidentally fell asleep earlier on my couch because uh, it was raining. But other than that, I'm peachy. It's raining here, too. Man, it's, I like falling asleep when it's raining. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was wonderful. Get a but, nice warm uh, but, cup of coffee, sit on the couch, fall asleep like halfway through the cup. It's great. Do you fall asleep uh, drinking coffee? Yes, I do. Um, I think for me, it's like, it's like you know how they say if you can't sleep, drink a cup of warm milk or something yeah. like that? I think that's, I don't put milk in my coffee, but I think that has the same effect on me. Like the feeling of drinking something warm soothes me. And caffeine does nothing to me except keep me alive at this point, so... Yeah, I, I understand that feeling. Um, oh, on that subject, um, I have a little something we could talk about first, if you don't mind. Yeah, let's do it. I'm actually drinking a, a cup of decaf right now. Okay. Uh, because uh, late last week, uh, last week I was not feeling good. I was feeling down. I was feeling real sleepy. Okay. And uh, like falling asleep at my desk at work, sleepy, and that that is not normal for me. Actually, it's a bad sign. Yeah, that is a bit, but not like feeling sleepy, like actually nodding off in my chair. So I was real tired. So I was just like drinking more coffee and stuff like that. Uh, and around Friday, uh, no, I guess Thursday night, I started getting this pain in my chest in between my Ooh. shoulders. Which is like, you know, I figure I pulled a muscle or something like that, but it never really went away. Then it started radiating down my left arm. Okay. And at this point, I'm like, okay. Like, in the commercials and stuff, this is what they tell you a heart attack feels like. I don't think, like, yeah, I don't think I'm having a heart attack, but this is what they say it feels like. So, I don't know. I guess I'm going to take an aspirin and like drink less coffee today so that's what i did on friday and that night i was still feeling really bad so i actually went to the doctor and okay. uh, on friday night and because you know you want i didn't think i was having a heart attack but yeah you gotta check on this stuff so i went yeah. in and they ran a bunch of tests and ekg and stuff and everything was 100 percent fine i was uh apparently they were like well your ekg is normal but you can have a heart attack and your EKG be normal. I was like, well, then, so how do you know if I'm having a heart attack? They're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Why did so we I'm do cool. that? Wait, <laughs> great. Thank you, doctors. Why don't I freaking pay you yeah, $200 dollars? Anyway. Sometimes so, not helpful. And that's the thing is they say, well, we're really worried about you because you, you're describing a heart attack and you seem to be in pain. 
but like, you know, I wasn't freaking out about it or anything. Okay. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, we're going to give you some nitro because it won't hurt you. And, uh, here's some medicine or whatever. And you should go to your normal doctor in the morning and like follow up with a cardiologist and stuff like that. So I went to sleep. I took the nitro and (laughs) they were also like, try not to fall asleep, which is a great thing you want to hear from a doctor. It's like, you should see another doctor tomorrow and try not to fall asleep. Because, you know, you you might just go to a doctor's office. That doesn't work. Like, yeah, on, that's the thing is they wanted me to go to the emergency room. And I was like, I'm not going to the emergency room. Where, I don't think you? I'm having a heart attack. Like a little, I was like in an clinic? urgent care. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. I was like, I don't feel bad enough to go to an emergency room. Like, I felt pretty bad, but I was like, that's going to be like thousands of dollars. So I'm not going to an emergency room. Yeah, not worth it. Yeah. So they're like, well, you know, go to your normal doctor. It's pretty easy for me to see my normal doctor and schedule oh, okay. up with a cardiologist, et cetera, et cetera. But the next day, what happened was I got one of the most intense migraines of my entire life. Okay. Absolutely awful. Like, difficult to describe. It was so horrible. So my migraines, the actual painful part of it, is usually pretty short. It's maybe a couple hours at most because I'm I'm fortunate for some people that can be days. But uh, and once I recovered from the migraine, the pain in my chest is gone, like one hundred percent gone. So, okay, uh... right. So now I'm like, well, is that just one of my migraine symptoms now? Oh, man, I, I am not a doctor. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm not either. And even when you go see, like, migraine specialists, there's a lot of shrugging when you ask questions like that. <laughs> yeah, no, like, doctors are not going to tell you anything about what you're describing. Yeah, and everyone's migraines like, are different, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, if the anyway, should long story short, next time, if I ever have a real heart attack, I'm going to die on the toilet or whatever, because I'm just going to assume it's a migraine. Well, we all got to go somehow, Jesse. <laughs> you know, hey, I'll go out like Elvis. Um, I'm not a proud man. I, I, yeah, I mean, anyway. I guess, I guess the thing is, is you, you, I mean, if you pursue it, this, this sounds like the beginning of one of those things where you just have test after test after test run. Yeah, and I, I've been down this road before. So yeah. w- one of the things that did show up on my EKG is... Uh, my heart skips sometimes, and it's okay. it's done that my whole life. And every now and then, that'll happen when I see a doc. Like, it'll just show up in some sort of test, and they'll freak out about it. I'm like, no, that's normal. You have a normal arrhythmia. Right. But uh, that, that happens more when I drink a lot of coffee, which I was doing last week. So that's why I'm drinking decaf today. It's because I was like, well, well, you know, I like decaf, all right. Decaf's and, fine. You know, yeah, I mean, the thing is... I have to have a cup of caffeinated coffee. That's where I am in life. I didn't. I didn't used to be there, but I am. I'm like a. I'm three. I'm about three cups a day now. At the very yeah. least. But see, now sort. I've I've cut back to one caf, one caffeinated coffee in the morning, two decaffeinated coffees. Which hey, decaf still has caffeine, in case people uh-huh. didn't know, uh, and one Red Bull a day. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Red Bull, in terms of caffeine, Red Bull's the same as coffee. 
people freak out about it, but same amount no, of caffeine as coffee. I know. Um, drinking a Red Bull that. is the same as drinking an espresso in terms of caffeine. But it has the sugar in the other. Well, of. it's. Yeah. I think I think that's the stigma behind it. It's like a soda kind of. Yeah, I get the sugar-free Red Bulls. Yeah, but anyway. I um, Well, I hope that you uh, don't have a heart attack, and I hope that it's not a heart attack. But I also hope that you don't have any more migraines like that. Mm, like, you know, I haven't had one in a long time. And you know what else stood out about last week, Kyle? What's that? Uh, because I went to visit my family for Easter, I uh, did not uh, take my daily drops of CBD oil. Uh, for like Ooh. six days that week, and I got a migraine. First migraine I've had since I started the CBD oil in like January. Is it? Is it? Uh, are, are you like coming off of it? You think? And like now you're addicted, and now if you don't take it, you're just gonna have migraines for the rest of your life. No, I actually. Well, I mean, I've had that? migraines. I've had. I've already had migraines my entire life. This helps the migraines. It appears. It appears to me that regular consumption of very minor levels of CBD oil appears to prevent migraines for me because well, going four months, going four months without a migraine is pretty rare for me. And that's what happened when I was taking CBD. Well, that's, that's good. I mean, you know, CBD oil, Courtney is a big, big fan and that is something that we consume, um, here. She does it a little bit more regularly than I do, but I do find that my behavior I feel like my behavior, not even my behavior, my my outlook on life changes a bit with and without it. Um, it kind of nudges me to be a little bit more positive, I think, versus uh, I can, without it, I feel like I get a little bit more negative. And not like a, a big swinging like, oh, I feel like I'm talking to a different person right. with Kyle taking CBD oil or not. It's like right on the line all the time anyway. But for whatever reason, when I take it, I, I find it's easier to kind of lean into the the positive. Things are good. Um, I agree. Realm. Like, it, you know, it's, 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 like to, it's such a slight thing. but Yeah, the way I've tried to explain it is you don't – I never feel when I take CBD no. oil. I never feel any different. But I don't feel any different when I take aspirin either. But like 30 or 40 minutes later, I realize, oh, my pain left at some point. I don't yeah. know when my pain left, but I just realized like an hour later, oh, I feel fine now. Yep. So it's a, yep. that's how I kind of feel about CBD is I don't feel any difference, but at the end of the day, I can look back at the day and be like, you know, I was a lot less anxious today. Not a lot less anxious, but it's like all those situations yeah. where it can go one way or the other, there are a lot more yeah. instances of it going like a little more my way, you know, in terms I, of I felt- anxiety. Yeah, I find that um, an anxiety I don't even think is the right word for it. Is it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> for, yeah, no, I understand. But for me, like if I were going to describe it to someone who's like, I'm not anxious. I don't, I, don't, I don't need that. It's not even that. It's like. You're just a little less. The, you're a little more chill. You're just, the like, overwhelmed factor goes down. Right. Significantly. Like things that would typically overwhelm you. Things like things that would seem like a big deal seem like less of a big deal. Yeah. And which is good because like, I mean, I find it like work and stuff. I can just kind of, I take a step back. I can analyze things better. I can gauge like how serious is this? What is the impact? Um, 
and it, it allows me to kind of take my time because there's been so many times where I'm like, oh, God, oh, God. And you rush and he, like you don't really help anything. And if anything, you probably make more mistakes. So so I don't know. Like it, And like you said, it's very difficult to see what, what is CBD doing and what is it not doing. But because I would say, yeah, I would say, but if you're going to, if I were to journal it, which I haven't, um, but if I'm thinking back, I mean, journaling it, you'd probably tell a difference. But I would say that. I feel like there's a bit of difference, but, but even before CBD, there were some things in my life that were kind of changing. So I think I'm, I'm kind of compounding the effects That's of good. it, which is great. But, uh, but, but I, yeah, man, I, I also hate, noticed I like, that you had some stuff. Also that feeling of just like, you know, 5% less anxious and less worried about things, mm-hmm. which is, which is how I feel. It's also like, it's not like I take the CBD in the morning one day and I feel better that day. It's like, Oh, I noticed that about the fifth or sixth day that I've taken it in a row. I start to feel that, Oh man, that time that person's, you know, someone said something mean to me today. And I would have normally thought about that the entire day, a thousand times. But today I only thought about it a hundred (laughs) times. Yeah, that makes sense. it's, It's not like, wiping everything away but it's like just kind of taking the edge off all the things that would normally really bother me yeah 100 100 anyway i, I, so I agree jesse's medical talk yeah the, the medical update yeah. um very good uh i have ed so there's that <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding we're good we're all good here um <laughs> who's, I don't we, have anything- who's we kyle we, all of us, all of us <laughs> in Florida, suddenly, something with the water, the, the weather, no one can do anything. Um, no, man. All right. So, VR. So, the last game yeah, I so played. Yeah, so VR from, from, <laughs> from CBD to ED to VR. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are in VR. We're all in VR. The last uh, time I played VR, I, I played a very chill game called tetris effect Ooh, i have not played this one i would like to hear about it well let's let's do a brief description of virtual reality sure so current market virtual reality virtual reality has like reached a consumer level where you can there's there's like the phone type virtual reality where you can stick a, a phone in a headset uh, which I don't think is what we're talking about. The, we're talking right. about the more involved virtual reality where you have this custom headset that has controllers that uh, allows you to kind of interact with your virtual surroundings. And uh, I, something I've noticed people who get confused about VR who have not experienced it is you do not feel like you're inside a video game. Yeah. You don't feel like it's real. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, yeah. You're not like, oh God, I, I come out. It's like, no, it's not that. It's, um, but you. I think that you. I would describe it that you are like in a different place, a different state. It of does. Mind. It does feel like the the greatest video games do give you a sense of presence in another place. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Continue on Tetris Effect. I'm being yeah, pedantic so, again. That's awesome. Um. So I have a PSVR, which is not too terribly expensive if you have a PS4 already. But the the setup and the hookup is a little 
a little meh. And like, honestly, I'm waiting on the day they come out with a wireless version of VR. I think that's going to really hopefully change the game. But, but a PSVR is, uh, is pretty great. I mean, I haven't, I've never done VR through, um, Oculus or, um, the Vive. So I, I don't really have a, I don't know what, if, if those are better, I'm sure that they are. Everything that I've read says like, Oh, they're better. They track better. I've only ever had experience with the PSVR. So for me, life is good. Um, cause I don't know any better, but with that, there's, <laughs> there's several games that I have, but the, the most recent game that I've picked up and played, um, and experienced was Tetris effect and Tetris effect is Tetris, the game Tetris. However, there is a, a twist on it that really makes it a super unique experience. And you can play it outside of VR. Um, and I think it, you know, it's, it's a similar thing, but in VR, it's just different. Um, and essentially, it, there is a, a campaign or a path or a level system where you play Tetris... Um, but as you play the the blocks, the level, the, the, the bucket, we'll say, and your surroundings of it. So it's not just like a blank 2D screen. It's kind of floating in front of you. Right. And like I said, that sense of presence, you feel like there's yes. blocks floating in the yeah. air in front of you. Like you, like, like you could almost reach out and touch like this this board of Tetris, like if this were like a board, a physical thing. So this is out in front of you. And then around you, as you're playing Tetris, uh, this is this mode of Tetris. The goal is to get, you know, to make the bars disappear when you when you line them all up, basically. But when the bars disappear, there's a counter for like you, know, you want to go 25 of those before you go to the top. People know how Tetris works. But yeah, it's Tetris. It's Tetris. Hey everybody, but, you know Tetris? It's Tetris. It's Tetris. It's Tetris. However, when you're playing it, so uh, the first level might would be uh, a level under the ocean. So it'll start and you're playing and and music will play. But as you're turning and moving the pieces and as they, they click and move and hit, everything, every action that is being taken place uh, makes tones and music to match with the game's music. And as you get more and more lines to disappear, the music and the atmosphere and the things that you see change. Um, so as you're playing, you get a few things, you go, the music changes and it's very, it's very cool because it might start, might start out as like a dark level, but you kind of know that you're in the ocean. And then as you're getting more, more music happens and then you see whales and uh, dolphins and, and things like that. And as you complete that level, you then transition to a new level that might be in the desert and have completely different music. Um, so it is it is the most chill game um, that you can that you can really play, I think, on the planet because it it, uh, it has such a responsive. It's like uh, feel imagine to it. if anyone used to have Winamp or something like that, or uh, if yeah, you've yeah. ever had like a neat visualizer on your car stereo or something like that where the sounds move the like the the pictures move and the colors change along with the the music that's playing that's sort of what's going on in tetris effect but then your actions are also causing the music to change which causes the visuals to change and yeah. it's kind of got this real zen uh atmosphere yeah. to it 
And I think it would be just, I mean, almost as effective outside of VR, which I have not played it outside of VR, because this VR game is, you don't have to stand up. You don't have to use move controllers. You can use a regular controller. And you can just sit there and chill in the world. Um, so, you know, it's not super interactive. You're not, like, moving around a lot. It's a very relaxed experience. But in the in the headset, in the game, you can look around, up and down. And it's just, you know, you're watching a show, um, but you're also in control of it, which is the beauty of games. But, but, um, but yeah, so it, that's... It's a fascinating game. Courtney's tried it. She's she's into it. Um, I've probably been through half of the levels, but I intend on getting into uh, into it and doing more. But I have to play on easy because I just don't care. <laughs> I don't try that hard. And I'm actually bad at Tetris, apparently. Um, well, also, um, the guy who developed uh, Tetris Effect is also famous for a few other games that do this sort of thing, this sort of like music, visu- audio, visual, integrated sort of thing. If anyone knows the video game Res or oh, yeah. the video game, uh, oh my goodness, what is it called? It's like the only good game on the PlayStation Portable. <sighs> oh, Luminous. If anyone's played Luminous, those are both by, uh, those. they're all by the same developer, which is uh, Tetsuya Mizuguchi. And in fact... He said that at the time he developed Luminous, he he created that game because he couldn't get the rights or permission to make Tetris Effect at the time. And that was like 15 years ago. He was trying to make this game, and he he finally got to make it with Sony. Well, so I thought that um, was cool. You, you know, you and I, when, when we first got our PS4s like five or six years ago, I remember one of the first games we played, because not a lot of games came out on the PS4 at launch. was Luminous. Was well, Res. I've never played Luminous. Res. Oh, yeah, because Res was never? re-released. That's right. Yeah, Res, Res is really good. Like this is actually game. pretty mind blowing. Like the the graphics and stuff at the time. Uh, what if I told you he created an extra level for Res in VR for the PlayStation VR, and you can just think, go get that. I think I've seen it, but I just haven't tried it yet. Oh, I'm sure okay. I have it downloaded or wish listed. So, I have a lot of VR games though. So. I think that's that's also a good introduction to VR for people because they get that it, it gives you that feeling of presence like there's this thing in front of me and it's Tetris you know what Tetris mm-hmm. is right so uh, or most people do and uh, I don't know I think it's really good you know uh, it is I, I took my VR headset home people and friends and family to do it who hadn't done it yet and the games that I introduced to them. Um, was Beat Saber. Um, that was a big hit. Very easy to get into. In that game... Um, you have a lightsaber, they, and you're you're hitting things as they approach you in time with music. Yeah, it's, it's Guitar Hero, except you have lightsabers, and you hit blocks as they come at you. And you slice the blocks in half to the beat of the songs. And you, you are standing, you do have move controllers... And it's, it's really fantastic. It's a fun game. Um, it's probably better on PC because they have more song options, but uh, but it's it's wild. You know, it's good for exercise. You, you work up a sweat depending on the dif- difficulty that you play on. Um, so it's, it's neat. Here's my question for you. This is something I have experienced. So some people, there is just a certain percentage of the population that gets nauseous in VR, that gets sick. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you experience that? Do you get uh, motion sickness at all? That's a great question. I, I would, before I did VR, I was certain that I would be one of those people where I was like, I'm going to want to do this. And I'm just not going to be able to, because I don't do well with some, there's like some Disney rides and theme park rides I don't do well with. So I was like, this is going to suck for me, but I'm going to try it anyway. The only time I've experienced that was in two games. Um, which are just, I think, poor games. <laughs> so it wasn't about <laughs> VR itself. Uh, but I tried a, I tried the Call of Duty Valkyrie mission. Mm, essentially, what that, that is it. is a, it's a space fighter game. Essentially, and it takes a second to get down to the controls, but you're in a fighter. You're going really quickly. You're shooting things, and you're not moving. But like you, you're in a cockpit of a ship, and you feel like you should move feel the force of something happening but you don't and that's really where i find that uh people that's interesting because i feel like most people the play the way the place they don't feel motion sick is when they're it's games that put you in a cockpit no see that's opposite for me like whenever interesting if i'm in a like little roller coaster thing or if i'm in a car which that was another one of my examples if i'm in something where i'm like I'm supposed to be moving or feeling air or feeling pressure based on like some, some kind of inertia or, or physical thing happening and I don't feel it. That's when my brain gets kind of screwed with my body. And that's when things start to get, start getting weird for me. So oh, that that's one, interesting. Cause a lot of people say that, Oh, like, Oh, I get motion sick because if you know, uh, I'm moving around, but I'm not the person like, in games that set it up as, oh, you're a person, you're walking around, but you're actually not. You're sitting on a couch or whatever. Yeah, that usually that is- causes people a lot of, like, gets this dissociation with their movement. But most yeah. people, when you put them in a cockpit, like, inside of a car or something like that, I play a lot of racing games in virtual reality. Mm. And uh, normally that'll do it because in a car, like, you yourself are not moving. You are sitting still driving this car that is moving. So it's interesting that you have the opposite effect. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the opposite. So so the Valkyrie game, I just pushed through, and I actually like did the mission, and I could kind of like, I just pushed through. The other game that I tried was, um, uh, it was a racing game. It was either Gran Turismo, they have a VR version, or maybe Drive Club, maybe? Yeah, I think it was a, they did a Drive Club VR. Yeah, so I got in that crap <laughs> i also heard that, that one was not good like the, no, the frame rate was really low and it made a lot of people sick. yeah no it's not good and then that one i had come out pretty quick i went i went like a lap and i was like okay this is not working for me <laughs> and I, I, uh, I i promptly deleted that game because that made me that made me feel pretty queasy but other than those two experiences for me personally i haven't felt any kind of crazy I normally don't get motion sick at all, but uh, because I do have the computer VR, I have the Vive, which is uh, yeah. done through Valve, the Steam store. So I I just buy a lot of really, really garbage games that were made very quickly uh, <laughs> and goof around on them in VR. And every now and then one, you get one that is running at very low frame rate or something like that. And you need to have these things in very high frame rate not to get sick because otherwise your body like feels like it's viewing a slideshow and it just there's a, a yeah. disconnect and you get sick but uh yeah. one thing i the thing that happens to me though is when i'm in vr for a long time like 
uh, a couple hours or something like that, I don't even realize it until I take the headset off, but I get hot. Like, oh, yeah. even if it's not a game where I'm moving around a lot, I just get super hot and sweaty. And I think it's some kind of, like, physical reaction to the VR, but I don't know. Well, I I think that... Um, I, and I've I don't heard know, other like people talk about it, too. It's like They call it, the like, the VR heat or the VR sweats or something like no, that. Yeah. Like, a lot no, of other people get it, too. No, I, I get I get hot. I mean, you, you, are, you are moving more than you would with a regular game. I'm not, though. Because, for instance, like when I'm in a racing game doing virtual reality, I'm just holding a con- like holding a regular controller and sitting in a chair. I'm not doing anything I wouldn't be doing if I wasn't do you think, outside of VR. Do you think like so? I mean, I, I know I don't know the science behind this, but no, I, Courtney, no one does. Cor- <laughs> Courtney has told me that you know your your temperature gauge in your body is really like in your legs, right? Like depending on how your legs feel, that depends. Like your body will either react and like let you know that you're hot or cold. I wonder if when you're That's in the weird. mask, your, your head at the top of your head and your eyes kind of like above your nose gets hot. And so then huh. the rest of your body then is, is heating up just because it's a reaction of being enclosed. Right. Cause like, it, I mean, you would probably get hot. Like if I just sat there, if we sat there for thirty minutes and I just put like a, a soft pillow, well, also like you're you're, stra- <laughs> you're strapping LCD screens to your head, like those things yeah. get warm. They yeah, do. So I'm, yeah, the point is, is, like if part of your body is hot, I bet you're going to be hot. Now I've I've experienced that moving around and sitting down as well. Not sitting down as much, but I usually put a little fan on me anyway. I usually I have like a little fan, and I'll just kind of make the airflow in the room because I find that like I think of that's going to make the heat less because I have machines running and I'm sitting here and I'm probably going to be moving some and I'm wearing a big thing on my face. So I will put a fan on. And then also I think if, if there is a risk to get nauseous or having like that, having that fan or airflow would probably help. So um, interesting. Uh, I will say though, that I do have the stand up, VR setup where there's sensors in the room and you can walk around inside of the VR setup and things like that. Yeah. And I just want to say my f- a couple of my favorite VR moments was my friend Thomas was over and we were playing this game called Budget Cuts and Budget Cuts has very good presence. It's one of my favorite games for presence because you just feel like you're in this you get a real sense of your surroundings and what's in space because a big part of the game is picking things up and throwing them. Like you don't, it's sort of a spy game where you're trying to infiltrate an office full of robots, but you don't have a gun or anything like that. What you do have is you find like letter openers and scissors and things like that in the environment. And you can throw them at the robots to disable the robots. So it's, you're walking around, you're like picking up these things from the environment, putting them in an inventory. uh, And then, hiding around corners and peeking above cubicle walls and things like that to throw these uh, letter openers at robots. (laughs) And so they're also just a lot of fun to play with. You can juggle them in the game and it works. Like that was really impressive to me that, oh, oh, you know, I can juggle a little bit. I can actually juggle these things inside the game. That was sweet. So my friend, I give it to my friend Thomas and I let him play and he's trying to do the juggle thing and he throws one of the knives up and it wedges into the ceiling. Oh, that's awesome. 
Yeah. So, and he can't reach up and grab it because it's the ceiling inside of the video game. The ceiling is too high. Turns out the ceiling in the video game is in fact about a foot higher than my actual physical ceiling in my office. (laughs) So he can't reach it. And as I'm, I am in the middle of saying like, oh yeah, that's too high to grab because my ceiling is too low. He jumps to try and grab the knife and just crams his hand into the ceiling of my (laughs) office because he jumped full force up in the air to try and grab this knife. And it's moments like that where the presence surpassed and you can tell someone has forgotten that they're inside a video game. Yeah. That are are so great. And he and I sat on the floor of our office and laughed for about 10 minutes because he just completely spaced out on the fact that outside of this video game, there is a physical world with limits to it. (laughs) (laughs) That's too uh, funny. That happened to me once where I tried to lean on a table. I lean on a lot of things in real life, so I was trying to figure out this puzzle inside of this uh, like dungeon game, and there was a table sitting next to me, so... The reason I forgot about it is because I'm trying to figure out this puzzle, so I'm not thinking about my surroundings, I'm just thinking about this puzzle. And my brain is telling me, oh, there's a table next to you, you can lean on that table. And so I put my hand out to lean on that table, and I, of course, fall over, because there's no real... (laughs) It's not a real table, there's no table in the real life. That's good. No, I... I, uh, Courtney has found me many a times where I'm completely turned around. I mean, you... Like, for VR, when you're wearing the headset... For, for PlayStation anyway, the sensor is the camera and the camera sees you and, and the controllers. Right. And so that is really what's censoring like your surroundings. But but there are some games where you can turn around or turn to the side and you completely lose any sort of like in real life... Uh, sense of what direction you're facing. See, yeah, sense of like where you are in space. So at first... I would be playing games and like some of the sensor would like kind of go crazy. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? And then I would hear Courtney from in the other world, basically say, <laughs> you're turned really around. I'm like, well, come turn me around. Right. So she has to like go over and I stand still. And she turns around in the but, right direction. But I found that uh, like when I play in my living room, I usually get, I now usually kind of get a right angle situation. So I can always kind of tell where I am and people get mats for that. I've, I've seen like people will get mats on their floor so that they can kind of feel where they are to make sure they're not getting too far if they're playing solo or no one's watching them. Um, Vive, Vive has I, an interesting solution to that because you yeah. have these sensors in the corner of the room that you, it actually defines a play space for you okay. uh, or you define it yourself. And you say, oh, well, these are where my walls are. This is where my table is. And oh, it, it actually, there are a couple different settings. Uh, the first setting is it will have like this light blue transparent grid that shows up on the borders. So like when I'm getting close to a wall, I can see this this transparent grid appears. Like oh, if you're in the center of the room, you don't see the grid. But when you get close to the edges, it pops up the grid. So, you know, you're close to a wall. Uh, or the other setting, the ones like once I've once I got used to that, I changed it to where you just see an outline on the floor of your play space. So I know Um, like, Oh, there's a line on the floor. That's where my real life wall is. But you also forget about that too, in a way that, 
like, oh, okay, so I can't walk past that line, but I also can't reach my hand past that line, which I forgot about and put a hole in my wall. Yes. Uh, but you also do things like, like you said, you forget where you are, and I'll be playing this game, and I'll decide, oh, okay, the game's over, uh, and I take the headset off, and then there's a door, like, five inches from my face (laughs) (laughs) that I just didn't realize was going to be there when I take the headset off and it scares me because I'm like, oh, this isn't where I thought I was. Well, yeah. Um, Why is this door open? Yeah, that's good. I mean, PlayStation, like, when you get kind of in and bound, like, give you a little message, but the games may have borders, but typically, it's it's not, it's not the best um, borders. They just let the individual games handle it. Yeah, and a lot of them, yeah. Um, but but for me, so what I do is I get like I move the table, have my couch, and so what I'll do is I'll line up like my coffee table is my right, like I know where that is. I can step over, and then my back is the couch. So like after I ever if I'm playing, I'll kind of say, okay, let me take a few few steps just to see like do I feel my coffee table and my couch to my right and to behind me. I'm just imagining you sure. with the headset on bird box style, like tapping your foot around in a circle. Yeah, that happens. You sounds like you move a lot in VR, like you're you're going everywhere. But really, all you're doing is making little micro adjustments or like micro little steps. But over time, like in the game, you redirect yourself, but you're, you're kind of your center. Like the games are usually spaced out pretty pretty generously in front of you to give you freedom of movement. So just a small sidestep to the right, and then you kind of find your center. That's how, like, over time, you may end yeah, up being backwards. Yeah, if you, if you play backwards. for 30 or 40 minutes straight, yeah, uh, you, you, you may you not think you've sense. moved around a lot, but you have. And on, on PlayStation, uh, what I do often is you, you might move around, but you do have a button you can push to kind of recenter your screen. Do you have that on yes, the Vive? Yes, yeah, you okay. have that on the Vive, too, yeah. Yeah. There's one so, on, you can use each controller to do it, but there's also a button to do it on the headset, which I think is cool. Gotcha. Uh, also, the coolest, like, nothing has ever topped this in virtual reality. I still think it's the coolest thing about virtual reality, and I want to know if PlayStation does it the same way. So mm-hmm. I can set my controllers down on the floor and turn on my virtual reality headset and put the headset on and look down at the floor in the, like, virtual video game space and see the controllers on the floor. And there, yes. it's like, it's a one-to-one thing. So I can reach out and grab the controllers as if I'm looking at them in real life, but I'm looking at them in the virtual life. And yeah. just that is still the coolest thing. Like, I I see it in virtual reality, and I reach out to grab it with my hand, and it's there, and I pick it up, and nothing has topped that for me. And you do it every single time you play. So it's it's just completely magical every time it happens. Yeah. It still hasn't no, worn off on me. No, it's awesome. Like you, you can you can see like on Beat Saber, you put your lightsaber down on the ground, or if you were to drop it or something, you look down and you see where it is, and it is freaking accurate. Yeah, when you go down to reach for it naturally as you would in a real life situation. It is a, like a perfect simulation, and like you don't even miss. You grab it perfectly. Yeah, you're not like um, feeling you, around to make sure that's where it is. You you can just as confident as if you were looking at it yeah. with your own two eyes. It's wild to me. Yeah, it's really crazy technology. Uh, you know, and rec, rec room is like it's kind of funny because it's your hands you see. 
Yeah, so, so we need to cover Rec game. Room because Rec Room is Man, we the one play game we've played again. together in virtual reality. By the way, I want to play Rec Room again with you. I do. It was a lot of fun. We played disc golf. We went bowling. So Rec Room is sort yeah. of like, uh, I think started off as kind of a, a chat room. So like a chat room in a virtual space, literally a yeah. chat room. So you load it. started in the early days. It was just a room. And you had your little person you created that represented you. And when you're in there, you can move around the room and there's other people in there. You can talk to them. And over time, they kept adding games and adding games like ping pong and darts and basketball yeah. and things like that. And now it's this massive game with paintball and disc golf and bowling and uh, all sorts of really fun stuff in it. But it also does that. It's a very cartoonish. It's not realistic at all. I don't think any of the games we've talked about are actually that realistic. No, but, no, it, uh, it's um, your characters look like uh, like Mies from Wii. Yeah, they look like, like Mies from Wii. Exactly. Yeah, they're very, they're very, very basic cartoon. You can put beards on. You can adjust things. You can put different clothes. Or like Playmobil on. characters is how I like to describe it. Yeah, for non gamers. Yeah, you 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 look like a Lego almost, right? Like you're just right, very like a Lego guy. Yeah. So, but you can, but you can be descript. Like people call me Jesus and John Wick while I'm there. Yeah, because um, the long hair that, and the black long hair. But I have a short hair now, though, so they would not think that. Of me. They would not. Uh, Just I like, would, I, I think my avatar in there has long hair, too, even though I haven't had long hair in 10 years. Yeah, but you, but like your haircut's kind of a woman's haircut in that game, and I love it. Uh, yeah, that's what it does. <laughs> so, um, anyway... You actually got into... I, I sort of tried out Rec Room when it first came out, when it was just a chat room, but I uh-huh. didn't come back to it until you were already in there. And, yeah, uh, and it's... Well, it, it's it's really funny. It's funny whenever people are kind of, like, watching you experience it, because it is mostly children. Like, I mean, let's just be honest. It so is it, mostly it, teens, yeah. Yeah, the, the simulation... Pre, but like, preteens, like 12-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of adults that I've like seen in there and stuff though. But it's funny though because I'm an adult coming there and these kids are just freaking running around everywhere. But um, but uh, essentially, you know, that one guy seemed like our age though. <laughs> yeah, he was like intoxicated. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of that as well. It's a mix. I mean, like seriously, women, men, old people, young people. But but you will. I mean, kids are the loudest, most rambunctious. So you. You're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see um, a lot of... Just like in real life, when a room is full yes. of children, you know. Yeah, you <laughs> they stand out. Um, but, you know, it's a simulation of, like, you have a college dorm room, big college commons area, but then you can choose to go to these games and queue up for all sorts of different scenarios like you were talking about. What's so neat is, like, you, you turn your wrist and then you, like, you have a watch and then you look at your watch and it has a, a, a it floating this, like, holographic menu. Yeah. Yeah. Display. And that's how you can choose to go through menus. You can reach over your back and take out a camera and take selfies and take the picture out, and give it to someone. Um, it's probably the best game as far as if you see something, you can pick it up and interact with another human. So I could literally pick up like a ball or something like that and then like hand it to Jesse and he would be able to pick it up pretty easily um, and that's so, how, I think that's the main way Rec Room provides what Rec Room gets right, which a lot of VR games don't, is that everything has almost everything in the game has a presence. If you see something, you can pick it up, you can hold it in your hand, you can pass it to the person next to you. It probably has some sort of button on it that does something. Uh, so it's there's a sense that you're in a place in an environment with things. 
which yeah. even though it's really cartoony and there's no real textures in it or anything like that, that goes along with that. I think that provides a better sense of place and presence than having like ultra realistic graphics or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, gameplay is king. That's right? when you get things like your friend breaking their hand on your ceiling or you leaning <laughs> on a table or something like that. Is when there's like you feel like That's you're what in we a all place. Want. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but you you and I played uh, disc golf. We played bowling. Uh, I would like to do that again. Yeah, we actually met uh, a guy with a big afro in some quiz game that we got entered in that was just full of children except for this we, one guy. We were playing, a, it's uh, like, a, not Pictionary, but... Uh, it's similar to Pictionary, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's like the, you, you draw in a 3D space with like a, like a little... Uh, a goo gun, we'll say. I don't know, like a, a like a glue gun. Or yeah, a paint it looks gun. like you're drawing in midair with a foam yeah. brush. And what's interesting in this game, you, there are places you can actually draw on a 2D space with markers. But you know, I loaded into a thing once where this kid had his own room and he was like using that tool to make his own stuff, like Minecraft style. So he had yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's another thing. You can host like you can host your own server or your own room or whatever you want yeah, to call it, and so invite wild. people into it, and it's full of stuff you created. It's wild because you can um, just use these these tools that draw in midair. Well, you can draw like a box, and now that's a box. That's an item in the game. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's got a lot you can do, um, and that's and it's free. And so I, I will say that's one of the few times I've enjoyed talking to strangers on the internet. I normally yeah, yeah. almost never talk to other people in video games, but it was a lot of fun to get in there and like with seven kids running around interacting with say the two other adults in the room and then saying, do you want to blow this joint and go play bowling? And then we get in yeah. there and none of us know how to start the bowling game. So we're just wandering <laughs> around the room throwing bowling but balls But I could figure, I figured out how to turn on the juke. You did too, figure and out how to turn on the jukebox. There's a little basketball goal over there. You can shoot while you're waiting. That um, gave, that gave a guy the feeling of, it's that sense of not knowing how things work that I yeah. haven't had for 20... Like, imagine when you were a teenager and you, yeah. like, you know, every now and then you would, I don't know, break into a store at night or something. Like, I, would, I never broke into a store. But, you know, you go someplace, you go to a church after hours or something like that, a place yeah. you're not supposed to be in. You're looking around like, ah, oh, this kind of sense of, oh, I don't know how this stuff works. I'm going to go be mischievous. Yeah. Or, oh, I'm in my... School cafeteria when the school's closed. Yep, but you can. Yeah, that that is the that is the feeling that it simulates. Is Where being you're in just a place, poking around like what kind of trouble can I get? Yeah. Like what kind of interesting stuff can I do in here? It yeah, was cool. No, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I agree. That is exactly how I felt with it. Well, and that's what's so intriguing. It's like I mean, a lot of people probably find a lot of community in that game. Uh, like I, I got into a frisbee game or a disc golf game once where. I just queued in randomly, and it was a, a father and a son who were playing, and then a, uh, a a British gentleman who seemed to be a little bit older, and they were just buds, like all three of them, like they had known each other, they had played before, and it was it was wild to see, like I'm hanging out with the man, his son, and an older British gentleman, and I see their movements exactly. Like, I know, like, what that guy, I can visualize, like, what that guy, how he's looking, how he's standing. And, like, they would show each other things, and I would see, like, the guy. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, the other one. I think I, 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 at one point, 
you, I looked over at you, and you were like adjusting your uh, PlayStation VR helmet, and it looked like you were scratching your head. To me, because yeah. that's the thing is, you look at the other people in the game, and their hands are doing whatever they would be doing in real life. Yes. And yep. uh, so it is this sense of like, if you point at something, you can tell when someone's pointing at something or gesturing or gesticulating or something like that. And it's you have or to standing with their hands on their hands. Yeah, that's that was cool. Is like if you want to. Uh, like link accounts and be friends with somebody. You can bump fists or shake hands or high five or things like that. That was yeah, that was it's really, really cool. neat. Um, that that game is really fun. I really want to play that again. Um, and uh, th- that game, I, that game is like the beginning of a of a new to me. Like right, like that beginning. I of think we'll look back a new thing. Like I think we'll look back and say, oh, you know, rec room. Because, like, for me... Gosh, the say next, that again, you, you cut out, so... I'm so sorry. I think we'll look back and say, oh, Rec Room was the original. You know what I mean? Because I think someone's going to probably take that when it gets a little bit more, you know, affordable or makes more sense. And I could totally see them making a, a better graphic fantasy-type game, like something like World of Warcraft or some kind of massive multiplayer game with VR. Well, I think that's, that's just going to be Rec Room. I think that's going to be a new room in Rec Room eventually. Well, no. Well, that, yeah, they have a fantasy. Yeah. They have paintball. They have that. Yeah, but what I'm saying is we'll say this is the beginning as we say like uh, as we say Baldur's Gate was the beginning before Diablo or like World of Warcraft. You know what I'm saying? Right. So whereas this is this will seem like a tech demo or something very basic which it is one day, I, I really hope, and I think there will be a game that's going to come out that's going to really blow people's minds, and it's going to be like, "Wait, I can go in here and be like an actual elf, like <laughs> look how I look how I want, have a bow and arrow, and it feels all pretty freaking natural." You know, I have gear, I have gear score, I can loot things. Like, I think that we could get there, right? Um, and I think I think a situation. I or think a there game are like there are. By the way, feeling. on the PC, there are games like that, like Vanishing Realms and stuff uh, yeah. that I have and I've played. That they they do give you that sense, but there's no like you're not in there with other people doing anything. I think yeah, that's they, what stands out about Rec Room is it feels like like a pickup game of basketball or like yes. you know you you drop into some ran- a round of golf with some randos, and it's like yeah, you know. Are you there to play golf or are you there to hang out with people? You're probably there to hang out with people and golf just happens to be the way you're doing yeah. it. You know what I mean? And that's yeah, and I think that's it. Like I think the the way they execute on bringing people together and like as soon as you get in, you get it. There's no really like you don't really have to train or like you know that feeling like, that there's no adjustment period to it. Like you yeah. can I can put someone in that and it's the first time they've ever been in VR. And look at them, I have a basketball in my hand, and toss it to them and say, catch, and they'll reach out and catch it. Yeah, like exactly. there's that's how, that's how quick it is. You don't have to explain to someone how to do it, whatever. They reach out uh, the controller and press a button, and they grab it. Yeah, I mean, it's and, and because that bar- barrier of entry is so low, kids are picking it up, and it has a community base. I think the kids that are in there experiencing that, though they may be few, will, will be dreaming of things like we used to. Because I remember my cousin and I, when we were young, to think about, like, we'd play Nintendo 64 and GoldenEye together. And I remember we used to say, like, man, could you imagine <laughs> if we could just play this all the time? Like, 24-7? Like, if there were people we could play with, like, we didn't have to have, like, 
we, you didn't have to be here. I didn't have to drive to your house. Like, well, that would be insane. And then lo and behold, like, that's something we wanted. And then the rest of the world knew that we wanted that. And it happened. And, you know, same thing with, like, fantasy games and D&D is, you know, World of Warcraft, things like that. It's like you think about, hey, what if I had this kind of game or this situation that I could easily get in and, and hang out or play with other people on the same scenario, we could achieve goals together. Um, and so Rec Room does that so freaking well, and it's free. That's why I look at it as like, <laughs> holy crap, and it's cross-platform. I'm on a completely different system than Yeah, that's you the are. thing. You're playing on the PlayStation. I'm playing on the PC, and we can yeah. still play with each other. I love the Most- fact that that is the one thing where everyone has agreed on every platform, Oculus 5, PlayStation, everything, that everyone should be able to play with each other because they're like, we just need people to get these things. I don't care if they yes. get a PlayStation or a Vive or an Oculus. Yeah. I don't care which one they get. We just need people in this experience so they can spread the word. Yeah. And they're getting there. They'll get there. They are, I think. I think the PlayStation has done more for that than the Vive or Oculus ever did. Oh, absolutely. It's I just, heard it's, there's uh, over 5 million units sold was the last number I, I heard. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's cheap. easy. It's cheap. If you already have a PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah, if you already have a PlayStation. But even then, man, I mean, like, you could probably get a bundle now somewhere. Right. It wouldn't be that bad. I mean, like you think about a PlayStation Three was six hundred dollars up front, right? Like when it released, and now you could probably, like, on a sale day or, or some sort of Labor Day weekend, or what you know, whatever the holidays are, um, where they have sales. I'm blanking. Um, you could probably get a bundle of v- PSVR with the PlayStation for like six hundred bucks. Right. I bet that deal is going to happen this year. Um, so that game's awesome. Uh, we don't have to talk about much more VR. The other game that, that is my favorite where I say this has blown my mind. It is Rec Room. It is uh it's also super hot. Super oh hot my. is definitely super super hot is amazing. Talk about That's probably my favorite. That's my that's my favorite VR game, I think. Um top notch. And uh so in a sh- in a word, super hot is not graphically crazy you, you know you are putting the, these situations where you have to fight your way through the level and you you remain you know in, in place but you have hordes of men or humanoids it, see, it looks silly when you're not experiencing it but it's way yeah, intense like, once you like actually get in like many of these there. other games they're not very realistic like yeah Pushing VR is pretty intensive, so most of these things have simplistic, cartoonish graphics. And but uh, Superhot manages to have like a real edge to it. Like the enemies that are coming at you seem to be made out of this, you know, orangish crystal kind of a thing. So it's very yeah. simplistic looking game. But the art, the art design of it is really awesome. Like yes. the, the colors pop. It feels like a different world. It has its own thing. Like I can't really compare it to any other game. And it's it's really like whenever I'm in it or watching, it's appealing like the color scheme of like the red and the whites and like the grays and stuff. But but essentially, you, you get into a situation where you have to kind of look. Around, um, but time only moves when you move. So you get started, and the enemies will either shoot at you or rush you or punch you or stab you or whatever. But they will only move and shoot at you if 
you are moving like your hand or your headset or your body at all, like the, the, the camera and the sensors will sense that you're moving. And as you move and with the speed in which you move, then the enemies will move. So usually what they do is they put you in a place where you may have a few random objects like a flower pot or a, uh, or a throwing star or sometimes guns. Um, and then the easiest way to say it is you just become John Wick like in a little micro session. And that's exactly how you feel when you play that game, even though it's probably the guns aren't as like accurate as they would be in other VR games, but it is the most satisfying. (laughs) I'm in the matrix. I am John wick feeling that I've ever had. And so that's why I like, I would have to say like, that's my, if you were going to take all the other games away and I keep, even though it's, it's a short game, you know, like there's not, you can do it in the afternoon. If you're really into it and pretty good at it, but I've I've played that campaign like two or three times. I've been like the head sh- headshot only challenges. It's it's crazy. Uh, well, since you mentioned that, I'm going to mention another VR okay. game that I love, and it's really easy to explain why. Uh, it's called Arizona Sunshine. Okay. And so a lot of VR games are surrounded or uh, based on like shooting stuff, which is fine. Uh, and a lot of them involve standing... They're shooting galleries, basically. You know, you're in some yeah. sort of environment, and you have guns, and stuff comes at you, and you shoot it. There's literally hundreds of those games out there. But in the same way, Super Hot differentiates itself by having these cool mechanics and interesting visuals and things, uh, Arizona Sunshine is more of a traditional game in the sense that you are, there's a progression to it. There are levels. You are moving from place to place. You start in the Arizona desert. You move down a highway uh, into an old mine, out of the mine, into some train tracks, uh, into an old abandoned hospital. So there's this, you Mm -hmm. are, you're never standing in one place. So there is free movement, uh, teleport style movement, like most VR games have you pointed a place you click a button and you move there so it is a zombie shooting game but unlike the shooting galleries where you like stand in one place you never leave this environment and stuff comes at you uh it is very much of you are like it has exploration is what i love in games that's what i go to games yeah. whereas i like to experience an environment and move through it and uh arizona sunshine for a shooting game has done a very good job of that of giving you the sense of moving from place to place and like following a story is that is that on psvr do you know i don't think it is well son of a b and you should check out moss moss is a really good platformer it's not yeah, a yeah. Game, it's a platformer i've played moss uh, the little mouse game yeah moss is great uh real quick summary it is a platforming game where you look like you're looking through a little diorama and uh you are helping this little mouse navigate through these different environments. So it's really cool to be able to, because the mouse is so tiny, to be able to bend over and look through the different environments and get interesting angles on them. And uh, it's just really cool. I like it. Is uh, is Arizona Sunshine, is it uh, multiplayer? It is not. It, like, it is a story. It is, it is like a campaign of a Call of Duty game or something like that. It is a story-based game where you are progressing through the story. Okay. Well, there, there is... This is the last game I'm going to even mention. 
because uh, we've talked about this a lot, but the other game I want to play with you that you and I played together is uh, Star Trek. Um, oh yeah, we did play that together. And Star Trek was pretty fantastic, Jesse, and very confusing <laughs> when you go play on the uh, the sixties uh, version of the Enterprise, and even the TGS. Did you did we try TGS together, or did that fever? Dr- no, we did try. We did try TG. Uh, do you mean TOS? The Next Generation? Oh no, whatever. We did, we, TNG. It's TOS. TNG. The I'm so sorry. And TNG. The Next Generation. I'm so sorry. You but know no, what we, I mean? We did the original series, but not TNG. I think I bought TNG. I definitely just, bought TNG. So just that's really cool. You're, you're sitting in the room in the bridge of the Star Trek Enterprise, and you're right. running missions, and you have controls on the table in front of you. It's really cool. Also, cool. Arizona Sunshine is on PlayStation VR. Oh, okay, cool. And I Very highly good. recommend it. it. I think you'd like it. It's worth a buy. Okay. I will check it out. But, so um, I guess that's going to wrap up our VR discussion. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Could you tell my cats were fighting in the background? I, I could not. I could tell that you got a little that? stress there, but I didn't know if that was just you and your no, migraines. It's just my kitty cats <laughs> fighting, and I can't stand okay. up to make them stop. But, don't uh, look, man. They're animals. Let them do what they're going to do. They're like kids. They're like kids in rec room. They're like kids. They just want to draw floating penises. <laughs> so, that happens a lot in rec room. It does. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us. This has been Jesse Backstrom and Kyle Mathis for Wizard Opinions. And we hope oh, yeah. you uh, enjoyed our little talk about VR. Uh, I'm going to say we'll stop announcing... <laughs> unless we really have something planned, we'll stop announcing what our topic for the next time is because we've been a little hit and miss with that lately. But uh, definitely, if we're planning something ahead, like a TV show to watch or a movie or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, something that you can get involved in, we're going to let you know. Does that sound good, Kyle? Sounds great to me. I have I have plenty of ideas we can talk about, but right, we'll we'll hit it. We'll hit it as it comes. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs>